Hey everybody, welcome back to Lunch with P, B, and J. That's me. Oh, were you going to say J? Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, we are, we were not here last week, mm-hmm. if you came looking for us. We had a family, Joy's grandmother passed away, and so we had to take an emergency trip to North Carolina um, to go down there and do that. So, it was a good trip, mm-hmm. bad reason for it, but... <laughs> Good trip. So she loved Jesus. Everybody kept asking, are you okay? And I said, she was 91 and loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. So not that you are okay with anybody ever yeah. going, but if there was ever a time for someone to, to be okay. It's sure a different <laughs> feeling than somebody not knowing Jesus. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So that's where we were last week. So sorry we weren't here, but we are back now and we are moving into Hebrews chapter 11. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been waiting for this one. I'm like, It is the most well-known <laughs> passage of Hebrews um, from the first two verses all the way through. Yeah. It's regarded as the hall of faith yeah. or the hall of fame of faith. Um, is is what it talks about. And so if you were here a couple weeks ago, and again, as we always say, going through a book of the Bible, if you're just tuning in for the first time, go back a few episodes, <laughs> find the beginning of the book of Hebrews back. I think it's like 17 episodes <laughs> or so we're into it. Uh, go back, listen from the beginning because the Bible was written in context. Every word was written for a purpose. And so it everything has a flow to it that right. builds. And especially in the book of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews is building a case for mm-hmm. um, strong faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it is a very systematic approach, um, por- probably more so than any other yeah. letter really that's written. Because every other letter is address- addressing a, a variety of issues. Right. He really is addressing is kind of something very specific. Yeah. And it's a building. Yeah, he's very much building a case mm-hmm. um, for faith mm-hmm. in Jesus. So it really is important. So go back, listen from the beginning. And, uh, but thank you for being here. And if you're leaving us now to go back, we'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> all right. Uh, but if you've been staying caught up to date, let's jump in. So if you remember a couple of weeks ago, chapter 10 ended with the encouragement to stay faithful, knowing that Jesus is who we believe him to be. He is superior to everyone and everything. He is the true high priest. He is the only one who provides a way to the father, a way mm-hmm. of salvation. And so as we come to the conclusion of this letter, just a couple more chapters to go, the writer now gives us a picture of what living in faith looks like. Right. So this whole thing, again, has been building to this idea of living in faith as a believer. And the last chapter really focused on like persevering in our faith and not turning away, not giving up. You know, it's that verse that says, don't, you know, don't shrink away. So it was really that focus on persevering Mm -hmm. in your faith. We matched today. We do. I just noticed that looking at the screen. All right. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. What are you reading from? That is the New Living Translation. (laughs) Okay. Have you ever found out when you go to your Bible app and it says NLT, which is what I have, it's different? Unless, unless, because I'll be honest with you, I'm reading off of pages. Okay. And so maybe I copied My NLT and, is different, but that's okay. Perhaps I copied and pasted. Pasted the confidence of what we... Oh, yeah, you're right. I must have... Oh, so right. all of this is going to be wrong. I'm right. It's all going to be mixed up. Uh-oh. So. Okay. <clears throat> Bear with us. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what translation this is then. So anyway, it all uh, it all points in the same direction. <laughs> Would you like me to read Dead of the New Living? Sure. I can. Yeah. Okay. I'll read action. Out of the actual Bible. Hmm. <laughs> Faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. Is that what you got? Mm-hmm. All right. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So I kind of build, I always kind of build off that. When I go into studying this new chapter, I kind of build off of like what was just said. And what was just said in the previous chapter is he's reminding us and telling us that his righteous ones are going to live by faith. He's telling you persevere. 
And so for me, you know, I'm building off of that. And then he goes into basically what faith looks like. He's giving, mm-hmm. giving us an example. But for me, like I always kind of stop and say, you know, okay, how do I live by faith if I don't know what it is? And I know, I do know we, we know what faith is, but I think sometimes we skim past this word because it's so, um, it's so used, right? Of yeah. what is faith? And also the reason I ask that question is because a lot of people throw the word around these days, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith in God. Mm-hmm. But if you look at their lives, and I'm not being, it's not like I'm being judgmental, it's just if you look at their lives, they're not living their life like a person of faith. So I think it's a good question to say, you know, what is faith? Mm-hmm. And again, in my thought pattern, um, for me, looking at faith and saying, what is that? I kind of do the opposite. And I say, what's the opposite of faith? You really get the, 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 the substance of what faith is. What's the opposite of faith? And even just, you know, simply looking it up, the opposite of faith is unbelief. And, and that manifests itself. So it's not fear? Well, because that's what the bumper sticker says. Is it? Is it? The opposite of faith is, is fear. fear. But what was interesting is the opposite of it is unbelief. But how mm. it manifests itself is different in our lives. Like it yeah. can manifest itself through fear, mm-hmm. through doubt, through disobedience. So if you don't have faith in God and you're you're experiencing disbelief, you know it's going to manifest in different ways. It's yeah. going to manifest of you're going to fear. Feel fearful, fearful, blah, blah, blah. fearful, fearful. There you go. You're gonna fear. You're gonna feel like doubt in your life. Now I can't say that word. Um, you know, doubt about something. Maybe doubt about God's word or doubt about something He's told you. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be disobedient. Um, and I think, I think that really plays a part in understanding. Okay, this is what faith is, and this is what it, it's not. Like this is yeah. so. If you are, if you're experiencing, okay, I'm I'm feeling fear, I'm feeling doubt, I'm feeling disobedience, and I'm not obeying God's word, I think it kind of clarifies, am I walking by faith? Am I what they're instructing me to do to walk by faith? Am I living my life by faith? Or am I experiencing the opposite of that? So mm-hmm. I kind of start out that way because it kind of <clears throat> helps me clarify what faith is. And then you go into that first verse, this famous verse, right? Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. I just think that's amazing. And it gives us the assurance about things we cannot see. And I kind of got stuck on the faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. We talked about hope, you know, a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. but I kind of got stuck on that too, because it's like, again, we have to understand that word hope where hope is not We've talked about it. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope I meet Mr. Wright by the time I'm 30 and have 2.5 kids. You know, I yeah. hope. And and what that kind of hope is, is it's like a, a figment of our imagination. But when he says here, uh, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. This hope that we have here is concrete. Right. Like it's, it's, it's coming from a place that is... God's word. It's not. It's not coming from a place that's our imagination. It's coming from a place that's God's word. Yeah. So I think that we have to clarify that. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Uh, you know, I often use these first two verses. Yeah. You know, when I'm talking or teaching about faith, but I thought it was really interesting. The reason I included verse three mm-hmm. in with this kind of section here, because mm-hmm. um, normally you just read the first two verses yeah. and they kind of stand on their own as kind of understanding what faith is. But I thought with verse 3 in there, it really does lay that foundation of where our faith begins. Mm-hmm. He goes um, right to the beginning. Believing that God is the creator of the universe really is the foundation yeah. of our faith. Because, uh, you know, the more I thought about that, it's like, okay, if I have faith to believe that God <laughs> is the author and creator, that mm-hmm. he has not been created, mm-hmm. but he is the creator, mm-hmm. that he is eternal, that he always has been and always will be, that he... He spoke the universe into existence, yeah. that the power of his word is evident all around us. Right. And faith that because he created all of this from nothing, what can't he do for me? Yeah. That really is a is is a big foundation. Yeah. You know, a so, and a solid foundation. A solid foundation. Yeah. Because it is. It, it comes back to this thing of, you know, when you start to question, well, I don't know if God can do this. I don't know if God will yeah. do that. I don't know. 
I don't, you know, and you start to doubt and, and, and not believe and, you know, your faith is waning. It comes back to this thing of, do you believe mm-hmm. and do you have faith that God created the universe yeah. with nothing more than his, his spoken word? word. Yeah. Because when you understand that, that you have nothing more, I, can, I mean, just a stupid example. Imagine being at home and you know, being hungry and going, oh, I, I wish there was food and there's no food and, and, you know, there's no food in the cupboards, but you got to make dinner. And you imagine if you had the power to just go, let there be steak and potatoes, you know? <laughs> That's how I feel with him because he just goes in the kitchen. He comes out with this amazing food. So I'm like, my... <laughs> how did he do that? <laughs> let there be steak. And... But Is you know, that what just, you do when you go in the kitchen? I just speak it into existence. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, like... Again, it's a silly illustration, but it's like that's what that's the power that God has. Right. Is he looked at the darkness that yeah. existed, the just the void yeah. of nothingness and said, Let there be light. Yeah. And I don't and think from we there can, created everything. I don't think we can underestimate how crucial that is that that is taught and understand understood mm-hmm. and we come back to that foundation of faith because so many people are walking away from that. Yeah. You know, even I mean, you'd be amazed at churches who, you know, you take this half of the Bible and they were like, oh, that's myth. You know, mm-hmm. the Garden of Eden, the six days of creation, all that, like it's myth, you know, yeah. and and they're not, it's not a solid concrete truth of no, this is truth. We live by yeah. the, you know. And there's, and, and I understand there's arguments over like what constitutes a day in Genesis? Yeah. Those is are it details. Really 24 we're going to find that out. It, who cares? Like, the point is, is do you, do you believe? Is your faith yeah. built upon and because there will, there'll be some people that say, well, my faith is just simply built on the fact that Jesus was the son of God, that he died and rose again. That's what our salvation is built yeah. on, right? But our faith in God who right. sent his son yes. into the world yes. as the plan of salvation needs to be built on something different, yeah. right? And so it has to go back to the very beginning. Do we believe the beginning of the story? Yes. And because everything is built off the beginning. Yeah. If the beginning has holes, if the beginning is weak, if the beginning doesn't make any sense, if the beginning is flawed, then nothing else has a foundation. Nothing right. else can be built upon it. And so it really does from the very beginning. He, the, the writer says, okay, now we're going to talk about faith mm-hmm. and we're going to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the beginning is that God created the mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. Right, and that's what our faith is. And I also on. think it's cool because he starts out by saying, "By faith, we understand that the entire universe." Because as we go forward in all this, it's going to be talking about a specific person as an example that we get to look at. But he starts out by saying, "By faith, we we all understand." <clears throat> so it's this thing of, "Hey, guys, like <laughs> we're all in this boat, this yeah. foundation, we're all standing on." Yeah. yeah. And so it really is from there, if you if you get to that place of, okay, God created the universe, then everything else from is built upon that, oh, yeah. and everything becomes experient, experiential. See, and what God has done in your life. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's what's experienced. So I read, like, um, one of the commentaries I was reading used the illustration of a birthday. You know, birthdays are very exciting. As a kid, your birthday brings excitement and anticipation because you know that you're going to get cake, you're going to get presents, <laughs> and all this stuff. Well, what is that anticipation built on? Mm-hmm. It's built on the experience of the year before. Mm-hmm. The year before you got cake. The yeah. year before you got presents. And yeah. so it's based on the experience. And you have faith that the same thing is going to happen this year. Yeah. So there's an anticipation. There's an excitement. And it only And you builds. don't know what it is. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. Right. You don't know what that cake's going to, at least in our family, you don't know what that <laughs> cake's going to look like. Um, you don't know what you're going to get. But that's what makes it exciting. Right. That's what makes it, that's what makes you giddy with anticipation (laughs) and that's what faith should do for us as well is we don't always know what god's going to do but because of our experience with god in the past it gives us excitement and anticipation for what's coming well and not only experience our own experiences but what we'll see here is the experiences of other people so you get to you get to grow from other people's experience Mm -hmm. too yeah so now the writer begins to list people from Mm -hmm. the old testament who displayed great faith that resulted in great actions. Mm-hmm. So verse 4 says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. 
So this is obviously the the story going back to Genesis. And what, what you're going to see is he literally, he started at the creation of universe and then he begins to work systematically through history. Mm-hmm. And so you have Adam and Eve and then you have Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. right? Second generation humanity. <laughs> and this is, this is where we go. And so... Uh, if you go back and read in Genesis 4, what you'll read, it's, it's really interesting. If you go back and read it, you simply read that God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but not Cain's. Yeah. There's not really an explanation that's given. No and yes. Okay. <laughs> I Because, and I, what, what I say is, no, there's not a lot of detail there, yeah. right? And you go back and you read it. But I think looking at the wording, so just if, if you don't mm-hmm. mind me reading it. So it's Genesis 4. Three through five. Oh, see, I times first six. Okay, and and it just <laughs> says so. You add you added six. I did. Okay, so it just says Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord, and then it says Abel also brought a gift, uh, the best of the firstborn lambs <clears throat> from his flock. So, me reading that, my assumption is that Cain brought some of his crops, but it's it's differentiating. Mm-hmm. That Abel brought the best. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's to me where you see the acceptance of the one and not the other is because Abel's offering was his best. He's mm-hmm. literally giving God his best. Mm-hmm. Where uh, it says that Cain just brought some of his crops. Yeah. So in in verse six, because God says, "I'm not going to take your sacrifice, or right. I'm not going to take your offering." He right. says that to Cain. Cain gets upset, and in verse six says that God asked asked Cain. Why, why are you so upset? And mm-hmm. then he tells him, if you would simply do what is right, mm-hmm. you'd be accepted, but you refuse. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the explanation. Mm-hmm. It's like you have two guys, and they're both bringing an offering. Now, yeah. yes, there's definitely like Abel brings the first, the first and best of what he has. Yeah. Cain just brings an offering. Mm-hmm. But they both brought something, yeah. right? But it's not... Like when you read that and, and God's explanation of Cain, it, it, it would appear it's not so much about what they brought as much as what was in their heart. Mm-hmm. And God you know? sees that. yeah. And God sees that. So he says, if you would simply do what is right. Right. If you would do what is right, what you brought would be accepted. Mm-hmm. But you don't. Mm-hmm. So it's refused. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes, again... We're, we're, we're starting from the very beginning, and then this becomes a thread through right. all of the Bible where yeah. um, you go to Samuel, and in Samuel, Saul is, is being, you know, dressed down by Samuel at mm-hmm. one point, and he's, he's told, is not obedience better than sacrifice? Because mm-hmm. Saul's like, ah, look, I brought all this stuff to yeah. God. I, I, I made the offerings. I did all this. And Samuel goes, but... but God asked you to obey him. Mm-hmm. Like, what good is sacrifice if you're not going to obey him? In Proverbs 21, it says, The sacrifice of an evil person is detestable, mm-hmm. especially when it is offered with wrong motives. Mm-hmm. And so it's this thing of, again, it, it what it appears when you start putting, again, the theme of Scripture together, yeah. the picture that you get is it, it would appear that Abel's faith in God. Mm-hmm. Because faith is what causes us to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Faith is what says, I'm not going to bring God some of what I have. Yeah. I'm going to bring him the best of what I have. Right. Right. That's faith. And so that's obedience. Because even at this point of just even like, what is the obedience? This is pre-law. This is pre-everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing's really taken place at this point. Right. And so what is it there that that is happening? And so here we, we just have, it, it definitely appears that a, it's Abel's faith in God that causes his sacrifice to be accepted mm-hmm. by God. Well, I think it's interesting too. So even that interaction where, you know, it's not like God just says, oh, I don't, I don't accept Cain. Mm-hmm. I reject him. It, it's this explanation of God gives an explanation to Cain and that was his, Cain's opportunity, right? Because yeah. he says, why don't you just do what's right? So there's his opportunity to, to change and to do what's right. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can just read some of these stories and we just feel like, oh, God was too harsh. And and you don't really see that God always gives a person that, uh, you know, way to come back in fellowship with mm-hmm. him, to, to make it right, so to speak. Yeah. So then he goes on in verse 5. It says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. 
For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Mm -hmm. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So something I kind of want to go back on is in verse 2, uh, it says, Through their faith, the people in old days or days of old earned a good reputation. And, you know, we see this in Abel where it says, um, even though he's dead, he still speaks on um, as an example of faith, okay? So then you, have, you go to Enoch, and it says he was known as a person who pleased God. And I think that's mm. neat because it, it sets up that all these people we're going to talk about have a good reputation. They're mm-hmm. known for that good, and the good reputation came because they had a faith in God. Yeah. So I think that's just something to make sure we see along the way. And I think it speaks to the fact that, um, you know, your life for God, the way you live your life for God, because sometimes it's like, oh, I want to be a witness for you, God. And, you know, am, am I showing that? Am I? Uh, and I just think it, it's so simple. Uh, sometimes we overcomplicate it. But if we're living our life by faith, we're going to have that good reputation, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's something to see uh, just as we go. Yeah, and, and so, it, again, just exactly what you said, his faith was displayed in his lifestyle. Yeah. That's what it means when it, when it's, you're known as a man who pleased God. Yeah. Like, it's seen in everything that you do. Because we don't know too much about Enoch, but he's he's yeah. really in the Bible. And this is a, this is a no small feat when you understand the context of time. He yeah. lived in the ta- in the days of Noah. Right. Which were right. incredibly wicked times, <laughs> right? Noah was the only one that was found right. righteous to be yeah. saved. And so, obviously, Enoch was taken before the, the flood and mm-hmm. all of those things. But God rewarded his Enoch's faithfulness by by taking him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no record of him ever dying. It is believed by most mm-hmm. that he will be one of the two witnesses that return. That's talked about in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. There will be two witnesses. Uh, and it is believed that he will be one of those witnesses because he never died. Mm-hmm. You just, like, it's so cool to me the fact that even that, if you go to where it talks about Enoch, Genesis five twenty three, it says Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. But I like that phrase, walking in close fellowship with God. Like it took me back to this is what God wanted in the garden, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. sin came in and they had to leave. But it's this thing where um, it was a choice on Enoch's part. And just like Ben said, where it's like this um, – you have, uh, you have like this corrupt generation and everything, mm-hmm. but it was a choice on his part to choose to have faith. Yeah. Right. And so I don't think there's any excuses. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so now we move from Enoch. We're in the days of Noah yeah. too. Let's to talk about Noah. To Noah. So then it says in verse seven. Let me stop you. Mm-hmm. Ben said, oh, I've never noticed this before. And I don't know that I had either, but what's so cool about chapter 11, is you'll notice when they work you through, they're working you through the genealogy of these. Person by person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you care. <laughs> yeah. We care. Yeah. Um, so verse 7 says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith Mm -hmm. so again like just what she's saying what what the writer is doing here is he is he's systematically okay faith begins at creation Mm -hmm. that's where it begins yeah and then it's built upon by each person so we talked about the foundation of faith is believing that god created the world by his spoken word right and then upon that foundation is the faith of all these who have lived before us. Mm-hmm. Just like, and the reason that's significant is it's going to come all the way up to us. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not written in the book of Hebrews, obviously, but it comes all the way up to us because we pass on our faith to the generations right. that follow. And I'll, I'll talk more about that as we, we go. I can't, I don't know if it'll be this way. We're not going to make it all the way through Hebrews 11 uh, tonight, but... Um, but we'll see that as we go. So with Noah, and this is one of my favorite stories in, mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, and it's not because of the animals, um, <laughs> but because of the context of of what happens. It's just, I'll never forget reading it one time, and just, uh, I think it's in Genesis chapter 5, um, where, or no, Genesis chapter 6. 6, yeah. Genesis 6, 
where God is giving him instructions on how to mm-hmm. build the, the ark and all that. And it's just detail. Yeah. I mean, detail, the, down to the type of wood and mm-hmm. measurements and all those things. And you got <laughs> you to gotta understand, like, God is giving this instruction to a man who is landlocked. All right. So it's not like he's building this thing in a in a dry dock yeah. next to the ocean. All right. Yeah. He's talking to a man that's landlocked. He's talking about a flood that's going to be caused by intense rain, and it's never rained before. Yeah. All right. Like at this point rain, in, in history, that? yeah. At this point in history, um, water just came up from the ground. Like mm-hmm. it came. Everything was watered from underneath. It mm-hmm. had never rained before. So you're talking about all these things that it's not just like oh, I have to have faith to build a giant boat. Mm-hmm. It's I have faith to build a giant boat because there's going to be a flood. Yeah. Imagine the question water falling yeah, out of the sky yeah. and like all of these things. And But the last verse of Genesis simply says, Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Right, right. And that's it. So like when it you the, look at Noah. In New King James it says, uh, thus Noah did right. all that God commanded him. So and that's did. all it says. And that's all it says. It's like there's no question. There's no uh, yeah. or blueprints. There's no like what is rain. Yeah, none of that. But like in even in going back when we look at the life of Noah and there's there's so much there because it says you know he's a righteous man in in a in a time where there was nobody righteous. So there's so much there. But when I look at the Noah Noah's life, like I just like I look at him and I would just say obedience, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's one thing when you go back to that definition of what's the opposite of faith. One of those things is disobedience. Mm-hmm. So when we see a life who a person who is obedient to God, even when they don't <clears throat> understand every little thing, yeah. like that really speaks to their faith that they have yeah. in God. And this is the I think too significance of Noah. I think is this is the first time. Um, that you really see the direct impact of faith affect a family. Yeah. Because Noah is the only one found righteous by God to be saved. Yeah. And it's him and his family. Right. And so it was the faith, faith they of the all father got in passed the boat. on to the sons and they're all on the boat. Yeah. I read this a few months ago. I read the story of Noah and I just, I felt like God just, I don't know, it was a revelation to me. Because you, you know how you have this woe is me and we have to live in this generation of this is going on and this is going on in the culture and blah 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 and how do I raise kids and in that you know there's all these questions right of just woe is me and there's no you know there's nobody righteous there's nobody living for God so I read this and and he just says um yeah I think that's in Genesis 6 9 where it says that Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. Mm-hmm. And when you really like, you think about that, like that's mind blowing. And so it really makes me see, we don't have any excuses. It doesn't matter what our culture is right. doing. It doesn't matter what society is doing. It doesn't matter if the world is going crazy over here, we can still choose to live a righteous mm-hmm. life and to live by faith. Yeah. And Noah, you know, thank God we don't, we're not the only righteous people on earth, right? Mm-hmm. But for him, he he was. And so yeah. he still chose to live by faith. Stood his ground. Yeah, yeah. So now again, the, the, the writer's going to shift here. Um, and this letter, again, just a reminder, this letter is written to Hebrews. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called Hebrews. So it's written to Jewish Christians. Uh, these were believing Jews that were considering leaving the faith to return to Judaism. Mm-hmm. And so now the writer starts listing off the faith that is held by the foundational men and women of their faith. Mm-hmm. So the faith of the Jews traces back to Abraham, right? right? As the, the the father of their faith mm-hmm. is what Abraham is known And the reason as. for that, it's not that, you know, Noah wasn't God's chosen people no. and Enoch wasn't God's chosen people. It's the clarity of this is when he, who he started and gave the promise to. It's the promise of Abraham. I'm right. going to make you the father of many nations, right. which become the Jewish people. Right. And so that's why he's traced back as that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that the writer starts off with creation mm-hmm. and then Abel and then Enoch and then Noah and then he gets to Abraham. Yeah. So in other words it's like guys, you put everything into Abraham, but there was men of faith before Abraham right. ever walked. Right. Right? Before yeah. Abraham ever came, I was. Yeah. Religion. Yeah. You know, religion, Judaism, it, it didn't start with yeah. Abraham. I have always existed yes. and people have always been faithful to me, Yeah, you know? So yeah, I just thought that point. was interesting. Um, so verse eight, it says it was by faith 
that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confident, looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just what we're saying, the nation of Israel started with God's promise mm-hmm. to Abraham and Isaac, or not Isaac, um, Abraham waited, Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years um, from the promise yeah. to the son Isaac actually being born. Um, and so 25 years is a long time. You think? <laughs> it's a long time to wait, right? Yeah. Um, and so Isaac then would go on to have Jacob and Esau, and it was really Jacob that built the nation mm-hmm. um, through his 12 sons. They became the 12 nations mm-hmm. of Israel. And one of those being Joseph, one of his sons being Joseph, who would eventually become second in command of Egypt, where all of Israel would move to basically and become so powerful that the mm-hmm. Egyptians would enslave them only for Moses to come in and go through everything he went through and deliver them through the wilderness and all of that. And the nation would really take shape under Moses yeah. after they were delivered from Egypt and into the wilderness. And I say all that to say, like, that is, Abraham wasn't ever close mm-hmm. to truly seeing the promise fulfilled. Mm-hmm. When he's told, you're going to be the father of many nations, he's not. <laughs> like he didn't he, see it. Yeah, He yeah. didn't see it. He yeah. never really saw that nation form. Yeah. Because it was literally, what is that, uh, Isaac, Jacob. Joseph. Yeah. You know, it was literally generations, a lot three or four generations happen. went by right. before the nation was ever actually formed. Right. And yet none of that happens without the faith of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And yes, the faith of Abraham was, was shaky at times. All right. Just go back and read the, the story of Abraham mm-hmm. and his faith was very shaky at times. But it's... If you've ever been in a place where you feel like God has told you something yeah. and there's a waiting period, yeah. um, waiting is often the hardest part of faith, mm-hmm. is knowing that God has said that he's going to do something, but then having to wait. But I think that's where our obedience is most tested. Yeah. Will you wait? By faith, Abraham obeyed. But it's important to know that it's part of, the, it's part of it. Mm-hmm. It's part of our faith is yeah. the waiting. So even even in his life, even after Isaac is born, even after Isaac gets married and has kids, I, even after all this stuff, he's just still still he had to still have been waiting. Just he would have had to die, <laughs> waiting. Yeah. Like, God, what does is what is where is the nation? Yeah. What but, is this nation? But aren't you glad though when you of? look at his life and you even look at our lives, like? Aren't you glad that we don't have to do it all at one time? Like, yes, the waiting's hard, but you don't have to do it all at one time. And so, like, when God gave that instruction to him, it was the, you know, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your your relatives and your family, and go. Mm-hmm. So it was like that was that first step of faith that he had to take. Yeah. And I just think that's that's part of our faith journey. Is you're not gonna all you're not gonna wake up and have to do everything tomorrow. It's gonna be step after step after step. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I think, it, the important thing you're saying too is the waiting process. Yeah. 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 So then he goes on and talks about Sarah, the other half of the couple. <laughs> says it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Yeah. Though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. Mm -hmm. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. I don't have anything on that. So I just, uh, again, it's just this idea. They're too old to have kids. Their faith is tested to the point where Sarah gives her maidservant to Abraham. Ishmael's born through that. But God keeps coming back, even through mm-hmm. their struggle, even through their uh, doubts, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and, and all of those things. God keeps coming back and reassuring them that the promise is still coming. Don't give up on faith. In one sense, it's like, oh, they're all they're all perfect, right? And there's even one scripture I'm going to read here in a minute, but it just talks about, like, 
Abraham never doubted the promise of God. Like mm-hmm. it says that in there. And I'm kind of like, but didn't he do da da da? You know, and it, it just it brings me to the point where sometimes we fall, sometimes yeah. we mess up because we are imperfect people. Mm-hmm. And yet God doesn't give up on us. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham, Abraham comes back into, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to trust you. You know, and so even when you see in the life of some of these people that they mess up or they have imperfections, they still come back to God and and they're not, you know, their faith isn't over. Their faith isn't. If anything, sometimes when you mess up and you repent, you come back to God, it makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's an important thing to see is even in the times that they messed up. Um, God still worked in their life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I thought it was interesting too. I was just kind of looking into it a little bit. So Paul talks about Abraham and Sarah as well. Yeah. Take my verse. Oh, are we, is that what you're going to read? I don't later? know. I don't know. Romans four. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll let you talk about it later. No, then. read it. It's, no. You can talk about it now. I was just going to reference it. Yeah. It's just more the, the, the fact that Paul points out that it was their faith that made them recipients of God's promise, right. not simply obedience. Right. And he points out the fact, if you read Romans 4, he reminds us that the promise of God came to Abraham before the mm-hmm. law of God came to Moses. Mm-hmm. So again, for these Jewish believers who were so heavily invested into, we got to keep the law, we just got to keep yeah. the law, got to keep the law. That's what makes us right with God. He points out that your father, Abraham, mm-hmm. never lived under the law. Right. That was Moses. That was not what made him righteous in God's yeah. eyes. It was his faith, faith. in God right. that made him righteous in God's yeah. eyes and made him worthy to become the father of many right. nations. Not obedience. It wasn't just about keeping rules. And so you have almost the the reverse thing that we saw with Abel, where mm-hmm. with Abel, it was like God said, hey, if you would obey, if you do right, if, you do right, if yeah. you'd obey, you, you're, you would be accepted, mm-hmm. right? So faith drives obedience, but mm-hmm. then we also see uh, obedience is driven by faith. <laughs> like it's just kind of this, right. it's, it's kind of You can't of have one without the other, exactly. basically. Yeah. 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 I have a different verse I'll say later, okay. but it's in Romans 4. <laughs> okay. So verse 13, and I think what this shows is, yeah, their act of Abraham and Sarah trying to have this child and forcing it on their own. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it necessarily showed so much a lack of faith because they really, what they were trying to do is make God's promises come true. Yeah, so it's like they had faith, to. they didn't need to. So it really showed more of a lack of patience yeah. than a lack of faith. Yeah, I think they were trying to make God's promise come true on their own yeah. and in their own abilities. They just had in their so they mind had faith that God's going to do this, but, so do let's it. help them out. Yeah, God doesn't need help. No. <laughs> right? So we just need to understand we cannot let impatience sway our faith in what God has said he will do. Right. And whether that's in our lives or in the world around us, right. we, we need to continue to have faith. So verse 13, he goes on. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was just such a powerful verse, um, the thir- verse 13, because you can look at it in one sense and you're like, oh, like, that's horrible. These people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. So you can look at wah, 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 like they, they died and they didn't receive it. What? You know, but if you look at it, <laughs> we are seeing it from the from the full perspective right Mm -hmm. so we we can look at it and see god has fulfilled his promise you know through jesus and we're still waiting obviously the things we're waiting on but we can look and say the promises of the messiah and all the things the prophets were waiting for and and all these things like we can see it from our perspective but you could read that and you can say you know wow that's well that's that's not good, but like I just read that and I was like, that sentence is faith. Mm-hmm. That sentence is faith because the fact that all these people that he talked about, they died. They literally lived their whole life without seeing it with their eyes. They had they they died, but they still believed the promise. But then the cool part, that part it says, um, but they saw it from a distance. And I think that's that amazing thing that again we have you know, 
It's not that we see everything clearly, completely, but we're on a different side of history and we see it even clearer. Like it's closer to us, Mm -hmm. right? Than it was to them, but they saw it from a distance and that's what faith is. Faith is, you know, um, I believe you, God, even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, Mm -hmm. even if, you know, the things that he's told you, his word, the promises in his word, that's what faith is. I don't know. So when I read that scripture, I was like, that's, that, that wraps it up that that's mm-hmm. what faith is. Um, and also kind of tie us into it is the same faith that he said about them where he's saying, you know, they they were looking and longing for a better place, right? Um, that is the faith that we are still called and living in. E- even on a different side of history, even after, you know, seeing the fulfillment of Jesus coming and our Messiah and our salvation, we are still looking and longing for that better place um, where we are. And again, we have an advantage, I believe. We, You know, a lot of times we can read the Bible and say, oh, if only I had been then. But we have this advantage to read the full thing yeah. and see, you know, the past and the future. But it, it brought me to the verse that, it's this thing where, you know, we're longing for that better place. And so Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, 1 through 4, he tells them because they must have been discouraged, right? So about things they were seeing and 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 they might have wanted to, you know, shrink back in their faith. And, and he tells them, he encourages them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home if this were not. So what I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. And so to me, I thought that was so neat because what he's saying here where these, you know, Abraham, they were looking and longing. They felt like foreign foreigners and, and <clears throat> hey, this is not where I belong. Well, it's the same for us today. And Jesus has given us this promise of like, don't don't let your hearts be troubled by things going on around you. He's like, I, I'm, I'm preparing a place for you and I'm going to come back. So the same faith that they died, they were still believing, but they died in, like is, is still the faith that we have to have ourselves. Yeah. Because we're still longing for this better place. We're still longing for, you know, a city that's being prepared for us, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that brought me to that verse. Yeah, no, I, I just think, again, it's that idea that these founders of our faith, they, they didn't live to see all God's promise. So it's, it's, again, it's that idea of Abraham didn't see the nation formed, yeah. right? Um, but also in the midst of all that, he also was, this is the guy that was told to go. Mm-hmm. God said, just pack everything up and go. And he says, where? And he goes, don't worry about it. Just <laughs> go till I tell you to stop. Right. And so he lived his life really as a nomad, mm-hmm. as a foreigner, no, mm-hmm. no matter where he went. And he could have just turned around and gone back, but it was his faith that said, no, God said that there was something better that right. was coming. Right. And so it was his faith that literally kept driving him forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important point for all of us at different points in our lives is sometimes literally faith is the only thing that drives you forward. Right. Of, Do I believe that God has something better for me? Right. You know, I could go back to where I came from, mm-hmm. but this faith, and I think that's an important point for who the writer is writing to of mm-hmm. these Jews of going, yep, you could go back to where you were. Yeah. But do you believe that God has something better mm-hmm. in Jesus? Mm-hmm. And that's for all of us is, is, you know, we have been saved by grace and we have been saved through the blood of Jesus. But, you know, there's times where we start to struggle and it's like, okay, I was, I was promised, I was promised this and promised that. And God's going to bless me and God's got something better. And yes, he does. And we're going to get into this later in the chapter. Yeah, It gets into this in a little bit more detail even, but it's definitely, it was faith that drove them forward. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just want to finish. We're going to finish up on Abraham in these next couple of verses, and then we're going to stop for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me just read uh, these next few verses here. 17. Right? 17 to 19. I'm having to mark because I'm reading out of something there. All right. So it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Mm. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. <laughs> you read for me? Go ahead. Um, so you read that and it's just like, 
I mean, definitely all I could see in that is, is Abraham's faith was tested. Like it got real mm-hmm. at that point. Right. And so in, in, in your life, like you look at areas of your life where, you know, yes, there's decisions they each had to make. And all these people who lived by faith, when he says lived by faith, you know, maybe it was okay, obey and go or, or, you know, or have this sacrifice or walk this way or, but it like, this is just a whole nother level, right? As his faith was tested. So I think this is what's interesting is if you go back again, go back and read Abraham's story. Yeah. He's constantly being tested. His faith is constantly being shook. Yeah. And this is the first time. What? He was shook. He was shook. <laughs> uh, this is the first time in Abraham's story where God tells him to do something yeah. And he doesn't and hesitate he doesn't, to yeah. do it. Yeah. This is by far the the greatest test of his faith. And yet it's the one time, it's the first time that he doesn't hesitate. Yeah. And, and it's the biggest thing. And it's the biggest thing, absolutely. And so it's this thing of sometimes we think that, um, you know, the longer we're Christians, it gets easier, right? It gets easier. And that's a, a yes and no kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because you look at Abraham, it seemed easier for him to say yes now mm-hmm. But he was also being asked to do the hardest thing. Right. And so the tests of faith become greater. Yeah. But the more we put our faith and and let experience drive our faith, the easier it is for us. Because this is what Abraham reasons. Well, maybe God's just going to bring my son back to life. Because he doesn't know how God's going to keep his promise. He doesn't know how he would do it. But he he knows he will. But he knows God's going to keep the promise. So that's why he's willing to lay Isaac on the altar. Yeah. And he's called the father, like you wonder, like out of everybody, why is he called the father of our faith? Mm-hmm. And to me, like this is why. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, I thought something else too, just in, in reading this, um, you know, there is another example of faith in this story and that is the faith of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it's not, it's not said in so many words, mm-hmm. but Isaac, Isaac does question his dad as they're walking. Yeah. But at some point in there, Abraham had to tie Isaac up mm-hmm. and lay him on the altar. Mm-hmm. And there is never a point in there where Isaac tries to fight him. Mm-hmm. And so there is a faith even in this young man yeah. to go along with whatever his father is doing. And I just, it struck me when I, when I read that, just the, again, and I said this a little while ago, of how the examples of faith live on in generation yeah. after generation. Yeah. Um, how it is exemplified. Yeah. And you look back at the generation before you. And I've talked before, you know, being um, being a teenager and there was a time where my parents were in ministry and then they felt led to, they were done with that ministry. Like they just felt like God was calling out of it. So my my parents quit. They resigned from that ministry with no place to go, no job opportunity, two kids, you know, and they just resigned because yeah. they felt like God said, you're done. I've yeah. got something new for you. And you fast forward, I don't know how many years later, um, about 10, 15 years later, and Joy and I found ourselves in the same position. Yeah. And, and it was not just my faith in God, but the experience of walking through that with my parents. Mm-hmm that we were able to do the same thing. And I'm able to walk into it in confidence going, mm-hmm. no, I believe that God has said, we're done this ministry. He's mm-hmm. calling us into something different. And so we need to put ourselves in a position where we can be ready to do whatever God's called us to do next. Mm-hmm. And so it really was the example of faith right. from generation being passed right. down to generation. Right. And so if you're a parent and listening, I would encourage you, like where wherever your faith is tested and tried and you you, Put your head down and you power through and um, to share those experiences mm-hmm. and you see God come through and God has delivered and God has provided and God whatever. Like share those experiences right. with your kids. Let your kids know what God is doing in your life and your family because those are going to be experiences that they pull on. The same way that we read the Bible and pull on the experience mm-hmm. of, of these men. This was a whole point of what the writer of Hebrews right. is doing. And the same way we pull on their experiences, we also pull on the experience of those around us. Mm-hmm. And as we see great faith lived out, we also, it gives us encouragement and strength to live out our own faith mm-hmm. as well. And so um, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. It, this, this verse fits with what he's just saying. So again, like out of all these people, 
you know, Abraham is called the father of our faith. Mm-hmm. And when you look, so I would encourage you to read all of Romans 4. It's just, it really ties in so good to what we're reading. And it talks about the faith of Abraham. But Romans 4, uh, verse 20, it says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger in this that brought stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted it him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too. So I think that fits with, you know, why are we reading in chapter 11, all these people of, okay, this is what their faith looked like. This is what their faith like. Like why, why are all these things recorded? It's not just for that person's benefit. It's for our benefit also. And it is assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So it's this thing of like, and again, go back and read Romans 4, but it's why are we reading all these accounts of these people's great faith and what it looked like? It's because it's for our benefit. It's to strengthen our faith. And it will also be accounted to us as righteous. It will also be accounted to us as faith when we build off of this Mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so this is the very beginning of what faith looks like. This is what faith looks like part one. Uh, Next week, we're going to come back with what faith looks like part two, and we will finish out Hebrews 11. So thank you for being with us, uh, hanging with us, reading with us, studying with us. Encourage you to go back, read all of these Mm -hmm. things. Uh, read each one of these stories. Just go back and just read a few few verses just to yeah. kind of catch yourself, familiarize yourself with the yeah. stories of these men. And um, uh, next week we throw some women into the mix as well. Sarah well, we was in the mix. One, yeah, yeah, we had Sarah this time. Next week we got uh, a, a couple more. It's not One's not mentioned by name, but there's another woman that's mm-hmm. mentioned. It's part of a story in there. So, um, so yeah, it's good. So thank you guys for watching, listening. Share the episode with somebody. Tell them about the podcast. Let them know. Best little podcast no one's ever heard of. Podcast podcast it's my week in north carolina (laughs) (laughs) all right so we will see you next time right here on lunch with pb and j i guess